Hey, this is John with Catholic for Rednecks. Thank you for dropping by the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but I'm glad you're here. I was born and raised Southern Baptist right here in Alabama. Then one night, Christmas Eve, 2013, I found myself at a midnight mass, and I never looked back. I love being Catholic. I think it's the greatest thing I've ever found in my life, and I'd like for you to know more about it. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions about the Catholic faith, shoot me an email to catholic4rednextpodcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to getting to know you. Just relax and listen to a few episodes. Thank you for coming. Hello, everyone out there in YouTube land. This is John, Catholic for Rednecks. And I hope you can't hear my neighbor's block party. I'm now located broadcasting live from my garage off the Cahaba River in in St. Clair, Alabama, in the foothills of the Appalachians. So many times I I love to take videos of mass. And I know some people think that's being disrespectful. I try to do it in a manner not to draw attention to myself. But I live in Alabama. And most people in Alabama have never been to a Catholic mass before. Um, America, where I live, is primarily a Protestant nation with 350 million people living here, maybe more. Even though it is a Protestant nation, the Catholic Church is the largest church in United States, but there's millions of people out there that have misconceptions about the Catholic Mass. Many. That's including preachers and ex-Catholics. Man, some people, you know, the joke is that the second largest denomination or the second largest church in the world is ex-Catholics. That might be true, but I've never met a Catholic ever that I've been able to talk to that has left the Catholic Church. And once I started talking to them, it didn't take long to realize they didn't understand what the Catholic Church believes to start with. So, you know, but there's a lot of um, true ignorance because me, growing up Southern Baptist, um, going to Presbyterian Church a lot, Pentecostal Church, I never went to a Catholic Mass in my life. I did briefly when I was in the Marine Corps. I was in Italy. There's Catholic cathedrals everywhere. I did briefly walk in accidentally in the side door. And I remember walking in there. It was wintertime, and they were having Mass, and I was curious. I was drawn to it. And when I walked in, they were doing the kneeling and standing and I guess because I, I may have opened the fire exit, everybody looked at me and they were all dressed up nice and I could hear the Latin and I made a hasty exit. But besides that, it was 
2013, Ash Wednesday, 2013. Uh, I think I was 50. So it took me half a century to go to my first mass. And I had a, I walked in there with a whole lot of misconceptions, um, ignorance, preconceived notions based on how I was raised, what I heard and what I saw. And um, so my first experience at the mass, there's a lot of temperature. Um, I was just very nervous because one thing is I didn't know what to do. I, I did know from watching movies and such that they did a lot of standing and kneeling and bowing and smoke bombs and, you know, lat. I, I knew, you know, but I didn't know what to do, okay? It was just like showing up for a football game, and I've never played football or seen a football game in my life. That's how strange it was. So there was some pressure on me. Now, if you've never been to a Catholic Mass, don't let that keep you from going because we already know if you're a visitor and you've never been to Mass, Everyone will know in about a minute or two that you're a visitor, and we're glad you're there. We love having visitors, non-Catholics. You're welcome. Nobody's going to laugh at you or point a finger at you or hug you up like they do at the Pentecostal church or anything like that. We're not, nobody's going to walk up to you and start prophesying. Nobody's going to come up to you and ask you to fill out paper. None of that, okay? But someone that doesn't know what to do at Mass, um, it's very evident. I saw a fellow walk in last week to Mass. And it didn't take me but about 10 seconds to know he was a visitor because it's very obvious. Anyhow, I love to upload videos of Catholic Mass from my church. And when I do, they usually do real well. A few of them have gotten hundreds of thousands of views. One of them's got like a million or two views. And whether people were Catholic or not, they could be atheists from other religions, whatever, it grabs people's attention. I do remember, I think it was in around the year 2005 or six. I remember just catching, I think it was on Fox News, I saw a uh, news report they were showing Holy Week over there in Rome at the Vatican. They were showing the Mass, and they showed a vast multitude of thousands of people. And I remember thinking, I didn't know what Holy Week was. I'd never heard of something called Holy Week. They were saying that there were millions of people around the world celebrating Holy Week. I didn't know what Holy Week was. I never heard of that in my life, Holy Week, you know? And I remember one time watching TV and they were having a mass and I think it was either one of the Pope John Paul's funeral or maybe it was Christmas time, I don't remember. But I remember just, you know, them showing a procession of men all in these robes and the smoke bombs, and I just, I didn't get it. I did not get it. So every day, 
there's probably not a day that goes by where I don't get comments of people asking me, what is that supposed to be? Where's that in the Bible? I get that one every day. Where's that in the Bible? Let me tell you something. If you watch, let me be, I want to try to be as nice as I can be. Just, I want to be really sweet, as nice as I can be right now. If you are watching videos of the Catholic Mass, what's going on at the Catholic Mass, if you watch a video and you're having to ask me where that is in the Bible and you're being sincere, then there is no way you have read your Bible. There's, it's impossible. It's impossible for any person that's got average intelligence and integrity that has ever read a Bible. And you watch the Catholic Mass on a video, on a YouTube, uh, one of my videos, and you're asking me, where's that in the Bible? Then something is wrong with you. You either have to have a very low intelligence and you're being truthful, or maybe you need some um, medication or something, or maybe you've got a problem not asking truthful questions maybe because a lot of them are insults i get them all the time uh, one of the big ones is you know people talking about priests you know hide your hide the altar boys hide the kids well when people make that remark i often say your child is probably a lot safer at mass at the catholic church than he is in any other kind of church, because if you will simply Google child molestation in Protestant churches or Protestant arrested, you will find out that the problem of child abuse in the Protestant churches is huge, absolutely massive, okay? And of all the churches that have had this horrible problem. The Catholic Church has the most provisions for pre preventing that. Okay? Now that happens in schools. Your child. I'm talking to the people that leave the ugly comments that only associate a priest with a child molester. If you look at the FBI statistics, you'll find out that 80-something percent of all children that suffer from molestation or molested at home, at home by a married male, not a Catholic priest, okay? Then I think it's like 14% or more that happens at school. Public schools are magnets for child abuse abusers. Just the city of Chicago alone is backlogged with thousands of cases of teachers abusing children. Private schools eat up. So the last FBI 
criminal statistics I read said that the church in general, Protestant, Orthodox, Catholic, the, the church was responsible for like 1% of abuse. And then they broke that down further and it was the Protestant church with the larger problem. Now there is a cure for all of that. There is a perfect cure and solution for this. But I'm not allowed to say it on YouTube and Instagram and all, okay? But you could probably think, if you think real hard what that cure would be for this problem, it would cure it immediately. But people that get on here and watch the Catholic Mass and want to say, where is that in the Bible? Uh, read the Bible. In the Old Testament, you'll see just about every single thing of the Catholic Mass written, actually commanded by God. Commanded by God. All the things, the incense, the robes, the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, the bells, the, the, the everything, the singing, the reading, everything in the Old Testament. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and everywhere. It's clearly written how God wanted to be worshipped. Okay? And people say, but we're in the New Testament. We worship in spirit and truth. Amen. Last I read, the book of Revelation was in the New Testament. You know, that last book, Catholics call it the Apocalypse. Protestants call it Revelations with an S. But if you read the book of Revelation, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but if you get you a real easy translation to read, maybe for the first time if you've never sat down and just read the book of Revelation, maybe get you some easy translation on audio uh, and just listen to it and, and take all the, all the scary stuff and the prophecies, just lay them aside and just listen to the book of Revelation. And you will clearly hear how to have a Catholic Mass in it. I saw that. I saw that probably my first month of going to Mass because once I went to my first midnight Mass, I just couldn't go back to what I was used to. And it didn't take me but about three or four times going to Mass where I was identified as a Protestant that had been to seminary. I was identifying Scripture and, and tradition in the Scripture and worship from start to begin. I saw it clearly. I saw the book of Revelation clearly in the Mass. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's real strong and a lot of you might choke on this, but think about it. But the book of Revelation, this is me talking right now, Redneck John. But I'm basing this on, on, on some theologians and historians too. And I don't want to name too many names. Jimmy Aiken, apologist, um, Bishop Foley. Um, most of that book of Revelation. And I hate to break this to you, especially if you're a Pentecostal 
one of those left behind people, rapture people. But most of the book of Revelation has already happened. Okay? It's history. It's happened. All right? Now, I'm going to tell you something else. It's very strong, but you study it. Bishop Foley, in my RCIA class, told us the book of Revelation was a template, a template, a guide, a blueprint, an instructional manual written in symbolic imagery that those people back then understood that it was the floor plan, it was the blueprint, it was the software, if I might use that word, of the Catholic Mass, sent to all the churches all over the Roman Empire, knowing it would be intercepted by Roman soldiers who, you know, the until Constantine published the Edict, the edict of uh, Milan 313, you get crucified, thrown to the lions, murdered, executed in prison for being a Christian. But Christians are supposed to gather. None of us are supposed to sit at home and read our Bible and that's it. No, uh, Jesus mentioned church over and over and over. Jesus started the church. The New Testament is all about church, fellowship, structure, scripture readings, sacraments, priests. It's all there in the New Testament. Um, you do not have the right to sit at home and be your own church and your own pope and your own pastor. That uh, That is not Christianity. It's not biblical. But the revelation it shows you exactly how to do mass. So if you were to be honest, an honest person seeking truth and of average intelligence, maybe at least as much as a, you know, a preteen intelligence, and if you will watch the mass, go sit down in a pew and just watch a Catholic mass in a few times, every single part, of that mass was specifically, hey Matt, sure, um, I just, I have to be quick reading them. Every part of that mass is on purpose. It's it, It's been written out. There's different liturgies for different rites, different eras. You got a Latin mass, you got the newer mass in the vulgar language, you got the uh, mass that maybe the Melkites use, but the Mass is a celebration of Jesus. At the Mass, we have the Eucharist, and it's by design. It's those men of God way back then. You can read way back then. Justin Mortar, you can read them describing the Catholic Mass way back, way back in early church history. You can Google early church fathers, early church writings. Uh, you can Google the Didache. You can read Justin Martyr. You can read these ancient fathers of the church, and they describe the Mass. There was a priest. There was a Eucharist. The early church believed 
they would die for it, that the bread and the wine became the blood and body of Jesus. And they had confession, and they would come and take the Eucharist under the threat of death. They were to hear the scriptures read. These were sacraments. They have sacraments at the Catholic Mass. It's all laid out. It's really neat because if you just sit there and listen to what the priest is saying, I'm not talking about the homily, that, you know, the sermon, you know, most Catholic priests, they have a little sermon tucked in there in the middle. But if you listen to all the prayers that are going up from the priest and the things that the congregation is reciting, such as the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, it's very beautiful. The Mass is loaded with ancient prayers. Loaded. Uh, we do the Lord's Prayer. Um, we ask God for forgiveness as a group. We, we confess our sins. We are receiving the Eucharist. We are hearing the Word of God. We are kneeling. We are bowing. The Lord's Prayer. How, I mean, people say you don't read the Bible. Catholics don't read the Bible. Well, we really don't need to read it because we hear it. If you go to Mass, every time we have Mass, in three years, you'll hear the entire Bible. And they get up there every Mass and read Scripture. And they just don't jump all over the place trying to prove a dogma. They just, it's all written out. There's three different years, A, B, and C, and it's already planned out long ago. On this Sunday, this scripture. The next Sunday, that scripture. It's all planned out. All right? And people say, that's not from the heart. Really, these men prayed, pray all the time. It's of God. It's these creeds, the Apostles' Creed. And people say, you Catholics need to get saved. How do you get saved? How do you get saved? You don't believe that Catholics are saved? How do you get saved? The Bible doesn't say anywhere to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It just straight up says be baptized, become a disciple. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Thank you. Romans 10, 9, and 10. says it's if you believe with your heart and say with your mouth, uses the word confession, that Jesus has risen from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Now, the Baptists believe that if you give your heart to Jesus, that you'll be born again and saved. They believe once saved, always saved. I hope they're right. I really do. But you go to the Baptist church, you ask any Baptist, preacher right now, if you got a friend that's a Baptist, ask them, how do I get saved? They're going to tell you, ask Jesus into your heart. Or they're going to say, make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. They'll even tell you you don't have to get baptized. But the Bible teaches baptism. Now, if you go to a Catholic baptism, confirmation, where someone's never been baptized and they're becoming a Christian, they're getting baptized, they're becoming Catholic. 
they say a bunch of stuff in a prayer themselves. They repeat after the priest, and they do this big, long thing. And what they're doing, they're confessing with their mouth what they believe from the Scripture. Do you believe it's wrong for lay people to receive the blood of Christ in the Mass? Can you repeat it? Read, um, post that again because I couldn't read it all because I don't have my computer on. I'm sorry. I forgot to turn it on. All I saw is, do you believe it's wrong for lay people? That's only part of your question. I saw. Sure, sorry. I'm waiting for my laptop to come up. But if you're watching this and, and you're trying to ask me as in to receive the cup, Matt's got a question. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm not talking to myself. I get comments, and I forgot to pull up my comment screen. Now my computer's not coming up. Matt, I will go back after Sunday lunch and answer your question. I'm sorry. The Eastern Church, they receive in both kinds. I know that, Matt, you're asking me about what I think about receiving but Christ is fully present in both body and blood. The church teaches that, so the body alone is enough. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if you've ever heard of Father Mitch Paqua on EWTN, he's by ritual. He is, um, he can do the Latin Mass, the regular Catholic Mass. Maronite, the Lebanese mass, and different cultures, different rites within the Catholic Church can receive Eucharist in different ways, but it's the same Eucharist. The word Eucharist means thank, to give thanks, okay? But the bread, Maronite in Latin, correct? The bread or the host Sometimes we call it Eucharist, that wafer. Yep, my people. I love Maronite. Love Maronite. Love Melkite. He said to receive the cup as well. He sure did. There's times. I don't, I'm not an expert on the reasons and the whys of everything in church history and every decision to church, but there have been times here and there throughout church history where for some reason they didn't have wine and or maybe there was a plague going on and they didn't want to, you know, Catholics drink out of the same cup, you know. Um, I know that some, some parishes that you can have both, like my home parish where I received the sacraments, we went there and we got the host and then we stepped over here and drank the precious blood. And then I know of a parish in my town that don't have no money. They can't afford wine. And Father Bean told me the reason they couldn't afford wine is they overspent on their building. So now they got a bunch of people there. They can't afford wine. That's what he told me. Um, EWTN, 
Uh, <laughs> I worked there security, and one time a bunch of the wine came missing. Somebody got it. I don't know who got it, but they couldn't have wine. But like at my parish now, because of all the, I can't even say the word, I don't want to get in trouble with YouTube, but because of the sicknesses that went around, they just have the body, the bread. But today, the first group they brought up were people that receive only the precious blood. Now, I take both. And when you go to the other rites, for instance, the Melkite rite, the priest dips the bread into the wine and you get, and the reason, not that's my favorite way, is when the priest dips the bread into the wine. That's my favorite way. But I don't drink alcohol, okay? I haven't drank in a while. And I'm going to be honest with you. A few years ago when I'd go take communion and get a sip of that wine or the bread, the sop in the wine, you know what? I wanted to go buy some more wine and drink. Just, that's me. But the, the church teaches us that the body of Christ is not divisible. You can't separate it. That the body and the blood is one Jesus. And I'm not a scientist or a theologian. I'm a redneck. But, Matt, if you'll get your catechism, oh, maybe the, the, the big one, I've read it. You can look that up in a catechism. And there's more in there explaining that than... I care to read because it's extremely thoughtful, well-written, and technical and theological. But the body of Christ, the blood and the body, the bread, the wine, one Eucharist, and it doesn't matter which white that you're at, if it's Catholic, if you're at a Catholic Mass, and the priest is ordained and he does the prayer of consecration, then the bread becomes Jesus' body, the wine becomes the precious blood, and that is the Eucharist is Jesus. And it don't matter if that altar looks like some the tabernacle looks like something out of Star Trek, some modernistic looking little tiny tabernacle that may offend you that it looks so simple or if it's a giant high altar in a latin mass church uh, there's an altar at um tabernacle and altar at holy rosary google holy rosary in gate city projects it's in the projects and i used to work that beat catholic church a small wooden catholic church in the projects on Georgia Road, Holy Rosary. Go to their website, look at the picture of their altar. They had the most beautiful altar and tabernacle. If you're not Catholic on all these words, I don't mean to confuse you, but I'll tell you something. Matt, there's been many times through church history where you had to receive the Eucharist 
on your hand. There's been times in church history where the only way you were to do it was on your tongue. I always, I, I, I don't want to say always, 99.9% of the time, I take Eucharist on my tongue from the priest. All right? I will take from my deacon. I love the deacon there. And we did the blessing of the throats today. I went to my deacon purposely because that's his gifting. I, I mean, I'm someone who's got throat troubles. I needed that blessing. So, um, you know, the church is very smart. They're very smart. And every time we're tempted to think we're smarter than a 2,000-year-old church that has survived everything, including self-inflicted injury over and over and over. Yeah, the Catholic Church has survived everything that mankind can endure. War, famine, heresy, church splits, scandals, sins, you name it. The Catholic Church has kept going like an army tank. And they're smart. The people that wrote the catechism, all of them, brilliant. And to be honest, we did a lot of that stuff in the catechism is way over my head because I read them. I've read three different catechisms. I've read the big one, I think Pope John Paul II came out in his um, papacy. I've read the Baltimore Catechism. I've read the St. Joseph's Baltimore Catechism. And I've read the Penny Catechism. And I started listening to the uh, the one from the Council of Trent, but you know I don't know I got I've got it over there. No, I've got Vatican II over there. So all these things. If you have questions, Matt, or explained thoroughly in the Catechism, my battery is dying, and supper's ready. My battery's dying, guys. Got to go. So uh. Just look it up, Matt, and read it, and I'll go back and read your question when 